A husband and wife who work for the circus, they go to an adoption agency looking to adopt a child. But the social workers, are they, they raise doubts about their suitability because they are in the circus. So the couple produces photos of their 50-foot motorhome, beautiful motorhome, which is cleaned, maintained, and equipped with a beautiful nursery. The social workers are satisfied with this, but they raise concerns about the kind of education the child would receive while in the couple's care. The husband puts their minds at ease by saying, well, we've arranged for a full-time tutor who will teach the child all the usual subjects along with French, Mandarin, and computer skills. The social workers are satisfied by this answer as well, but then they express the concern about the child being raised in an actual circus environment. This time, the wife explains, well, our nanny is a, certified, is a certified expert in pediatric care, welfare, and diet. After a few more questions, the social workers head off by themselves to make a decision. After a few moments, the workers come back and they say, congratulations, your application to, be adopt, or to adopt has been approved. Now, what, child, what age of child are you hoping to adopt? The husband speaks up and says, it doesn't really matter as long as the kid fits in the cannon. <laughs> you're a little slow on that one, but you're worth the wait. Amen. Another amazing joke that you can go tell your friends and family. That's free, by the way. That's just your blessing for being here. So amen. Well, if you have your Bible or Bible app, go ahead and turn to 1 Timothy chapter 5. And verse 1. 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 1. As you're turning there, I just want to forewarn you regarding this message today. We're in the middle of a series called Transgression, and today's topic is the transgression of lust. Typically, my, my messages are rated G, but for the nature of this topic, this is going to be more of a PG message. So if you had kids in here, I just wanted to forewarn you ahead of time. We do have a wonderful children's ministry available. If you want to go put them in the children's ministry, one of our ushers in the back will be happy to assist you. But like I said, it's only PG, so, so it's going to be okay. Just know that your children might have some questions at the dinner table. The pastor's not available to answer those questions. I just want you to know that right now. <laughs> You know, sometimes God will give you a truth from his word that will radically transform your life. You'll never forget the moment. You'll never forget the truth because of the impact that it had on you. The truth that I'm presenting to you today is one of those that has impacted my life significantly. This is a truth that God gave me years ago that has radically transformed my life, personally speaking. I've never preached on this before that I remember anyway. In the Word of God, the word lust is actually a neutral term that describes any strong desire, not just sexual desire. However, with the culture we're living in today, I'm going to address this from the sexual desire standpoint because a lot of men and women struggle with this and we struggle greatly but we don't have to. This is not one of those, I'm going to beat you over the head with a Bible message. This is a set you free message. 
You can be free from this, and I'm going to show you how to be free from this in this message. Listen to these stats. Over 40 million Americans are regular visits, visitors to porn sites. You probably heard many of these. There are, number two, there are, there are around 42 million porn websites, which totals around 370 million pages of porn. This is no longer like back in the day where you're hiding a magazine or a video. Number three, the porn industry's annual revenues is more than the NFL, NBA, or MLB combined. It's also more than the combined revenues of ABC, CBS, and NBC. 47%, almost half, of families in the United States reported that pornography is a problem in their home. Pornography use increases the marital infidelity rate by more than 300%. Parents, listen to me. 11 is the average age that a child is first exposed to porn. 94% of children have seen porn by the age of 14. Well, not my kid. Guess again. Number six, 56% of American divorces, over half, involve one party having an obsessive interest in pornographic websites. Number seven, 68% of church-going men and 50% of pastors view porn on a regular basis. Of young Christians, Christian adults age 20, 18 to 24, 76% say they actively search for porn. Three out of four. 33% of women age 25 and under search for porn at least once a month. Only 13% of self-identified Christian women say they never watch porn. Only 13% of women, Christian women, 87% say they have watched porn. 55% of married, married men and 25% of married women say they watch porn at least once a month. So this impacts both men and women. It's no joke. Men seem to struggle with this more, but this impacts men and women. So here we go. Transgression of lust. 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 1 says, Never speak harshly. This probably isn't going to make a lot of sense at the, at the forefront, but you'll see where I'm going, going with it. Never speak harshly to an older man, but appeal to him respectfully as you would your own father. Talk to younger men as you would your own brothers. Treat older women as you would your mother. And treat younger women with all purity as you would your own sisters. Let's pray. Father, for the next few moments, I ask that you would give me the mind of Christ as I, as I attempt to explain this, this truth that has literally transformed my life personally. God, I'm believing that it's going to transform others, that when we leave here today, this truth is going to be burning within our souls. And so, Father, I just pray, unless you anoint this message, these words will be meaningless, they'll be void, but God, if you anoint these words, they will change lives. And so I thank you for that in advance. I thank you for your anointing. In Jesus' name, amen. June 1st, 1926, a young lady by the name of Norma Jean Mortensen was born. Norma Jean's mother, Miss Gladys Baker, was periodically committed to a mental institution, and Norma Jean spent much of her childhood in foster homes. 
In one of those foster homes, when she was only eight years old, one of the boarders raped her and gave her a nickel. He said, here, honey, take this and don't ever tell anyone what I did to you. When little Norma Jean went to her foster mother to tell her what happened, she was beaten badly and told, our boarder pays good rent. Don't you ever say anything bad about him. This precious young girl at the age of eight had learned what it was like to be used and given a nickel and then beaten for trying to express the hurt that was within her. Norma Jean turned into a very pretty young girl and people began to notice And in the 1950s, she was invited out to Hollywood. And it was at this time that Hollywood gave her a new name. Her new employer told her, we're going to create a modern sex symbol out of you. Norma Jean and her innocence didn't know what that meant, so she replied, a symbol. Aren't symbols used to bang together to make music? With her sex appeal, she was an overnight success. But she kept asking the question, does anybody really notice that I'm a person? Does anybody really notice me? So through all the fame, she battled loneliness and depression. She was cast in many of the dumb blonde roles, and people started to dislike her character and what she stood for. Most people learned to hate her. She would keep the crew members waiting on the set two hours or more. She was regarded as a selfish prima donna. But what they didn't know is that she was backstage in her dressing room vomiting because she was so terrified. She kept saying, will someone please notice that I'm a person? Please. No one noticed. No one would take her seriously as she was repeatedly told, you're just a sex symbol. You will never amount to anything more than that. And so on a Saturday night at the age of 35, when the beautiful women are supposed to be in the arm of a handsome escort, this young lady took her own life. When the maid found her body the next morning, she noticed that the telephone was off the hook. It was dangling there beside her bed. Later investigation revealed that in the last moments of her life, she had called another Hollywood actor and she had told him that she had taken enough pills to kill herself. He answered, frankly, my dear, I just don't care. Those are the last words she heard. She dropped the phone and left it dangling beside her bed as she, as she slipped off into eternity. This young lady's Hollywood name was none other than Marilyn Monroe. Unfortunately, stories like this are not uncommon. Today, sex is used to sell just about everything. A few years ago, you may remember this, Carl's Jr. produced a commercial of a lady stripping to sell their cheeseburgers. They used sex to sell cheeseburgers. And I could list many examples. You probably could too. There are articles written in ad development encouraging people to use sex in their advertising regardless of what they're selling. Why? Because the studies show that the money is to be made. Sex sells. It doesn't matter what you're selling. Never mind that this is destroying families and putting people in bondage. This is just the reality of the transgression of lust. Here in 1 Timothy chapter 5, which we read just a moment ago, the Apostle Paul instructs Timothy to treat older men as fathers, younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, and younger women as sisters. These two verses right here, this simple advice from Paul to Timothy will change your life. 
Think about this for just a moment. Let me give you a practical example. I really want the men especially to listen to me today. Imagine you have a sister or even a daughter for that matter that has a boyfriend that pressures her to send him inappropriate photos. Upon receipt of these photos, he takes them and posts them online, which is typically what happens. Well, one night you're home alone and you get online and you start looking at some questionable websites. You click a link and you realize that you are looking at your sister. You're looking at your daughter. Now, when this happens, what are you going to do? Are you going to say, wow, she looks pretty good. I really like this. Is that what you're going to say? No. You're going to run out of the room with your eyes covered, screaming. Then, after you scrub your eyes out with soap, you're going to be asking some questions about how those images got on the internet. And when you find out who posted them there, as Mr. T used to say, I pity the fool. But what would you do if you were surfing the internet and you seen pictures of your mother? Think about what Paul is saying. Treat older women, view older women as you would your mother. And treat or view younger women with all purity, he says, as you would your own sisters. This pretty much covers everybody. If you are able to transform your mind to think this way, to think the way Paul instructs us to, everything will change. You won't want to look at porn if it's your sister, if it's your mother. You won't even be tempted. Listen to me. When God created man, when God created Adam and placed him in the garden, what was his command to Adam? What was Adam supposed to do? Well, let's look at it. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 15 says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden, here it is, to work it, to take care of of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat of it you will certainly die. The Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone, I will make a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all of the wild animals, all of the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. So Adam's taking care of this. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was his name. So the man gave names to all of the livestock, the birds of the sky, and all the wild animal, but for animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. So when God placed Adam in the garden, his assignment was to govern, cultivate, manage, and protect the Garden of Eden. His assignment was to take care of what God had placed in front of him. Adam was put on this earth as a protector of God's creation, not a predator. 
God did not tell him to go out and start destroying everything as a predator would. He told him to take care of it as a protector. Predators steal, kill, and destroy. Protectors value, appreciate, and respect. Men, you have been created by God to be a protector. Every image viewed on the screen of a computer is a daughter. It's a son. It's a brother. It's a sister. Consider this scenario. Imagine you're watching a movie and the lead actress begins to disrobe for a scene. Now, I wouldn't recommend putting yourself in that situation in the first place, but for the sake of the point I'm trying to make, let's just imagine. How do you respond to that? Honestly, answer that to yourself. Well, that's an easy one, Pastor. I'm going to shield my eyes and I'm going to fight the urge to be tempted. After all, I'm a Christian man. And that's what people do. And there's, and there's nothing wrong with that in itself, but that's what we've always been trained to do. Just don't look. And it's true, we shouldn't look. But I'm going to tell you, if this is your go-to response, this will always be a struggle for you. You'll always fight it. And I don't want you to struggle anymore. I want you to be free. You see, what we're told and what we're taught is just, just fight the temptation. Just fight the urge. But the Word of God instructs us to do something else. You see, God wants you to be free. In order to truly be free, we are instructed to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Romans chapter 12 and verse 2 says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. Don't do what the world does. But let God transform you into a new person. How does that happen? By changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. You see, when you're watching that movie and your mind has been transformed, instead of being tempted and saying, oh, I just need to look away, and you need to look away. But instead of the temptation that rises up, your heart instead fills with compassion as you realize, quote unquote, your sister who has been created in the image of God is about to defile herself. Your heart begins to break for your sister because of the pain that she must be in, that she would allow herself to be used in such a vile way. Rather than fighting temptation, a spirit of prayer rises up within you as you begin to cry out for the healing of your sister. You see, as your mind is transformed to take on the nature of the person that God created you to be, a protector, you'll view that scene much differently. You'll view that television screen much differently if in your mind you've got the word protector. Your mind has been transformed. Unless you allow the word of God to transform your mind, you will always fight the transgression of lust. It won't go away. Man or woman, it does not matter. Women just flip the script for you. It works the same way. The same principle applies. I remember shortly after moving to Phoenix, I'm not making this up. I wish I was. A group of ladies in the church asked my wife if she wanted to go see a movie about male strippers. Well, when your mind has been transformed, 
That's an easy answer. Because a transformed mind will not view men as an object, but as a brother. In a natural, healthy family, it is never never acceptable to sexually violate your sibling or a parent. According to Paul, all men are either my brother or father, and all women are either my sister or my mother, and incest is unacceptable in the family of God. Now listen to me, the obvious exception is when two people become husband and wife. When that happens, there is a paradigm shift. When this is done correctly, this is beautiful. What do we read in Genesis with Adam and Eve? During marriage, at that moment, the moment a couple stands before God and repeats their vows, the two become what? One. The other person is now no longer viewed as a brother or a father, a mother or a sister. The two become one. I'm going to tell you, when your mind is renewed to perceive what Paul is saying, then sexual immorality, sexual lust, will cease to be the problem that it has become. I promise you, if you're looking at an image on the internet with the thought that this is my mother or my sister, this is my brother or my father, everything changes. That's the renewing of your mind. Now, I understand a message like this kind of goes against the norm because I know many Christian authors and even pastors that have written about men's sexual purity and they speak of women in a negative tone. Many state that the Christian man is, we're in a battle against all those tempting women out there. And I understand that concept, and that might be how it feels at times, but at the end of the day, it's not the truth. Because when your mind is renewed, you can have a barely clothed woman right in front of you and who is not your spouse, and it will have no effect on you. Because your mind has been transformed and renewed and you have become what God has created you to be, a protector. With this new renewed mind, instead of experiencing lust, you experience love. You understand your true identity is not a predator that steals, kills, and destroys, but your true identity, what God has created you to be, is a protector. Jesus was a protector. You see several stories in Scripture where he interacted with women, prostitutes. Never once do we see him as a predator. We see him as a protector. Luke chapter 7 and verse 36. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to have dinner with him, so Jesus went to his home and he sat down to eat. When a certain immoral woman from that city heard he was eating there she brought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume then she knelt behind him at his feet weeping her tears fell on his feet and she wiped them off with her hair then she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on them now back in this day they wore sandals They rode donkeys on the road where they walked. You can imagine 
This would have been a pretty disgraceful act to be down kissing the feet of Jesus. So basically, if she's willing to do that, she's willing to do anything for Jesus. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know what kind of woman's touching him. She's a sinner. Then Jesus answered his thoughts, saying, his thoughts, Simon, he said to the Pharisee, he said to the Pharisee, I have something to say to you. Go ahead, teacher. Simon replied. Then Jesus tells him a story. He said, a man loaned money to two people, 500 pieces of silver to one and 50 pieces of silver to the other, but neither of them could repay him. So he kindly forgives both of them, canceling both debts. Who do you suppose loved him more? Simon answered, I suppose the one whom he canceled the larger debt. That's right, Jesus answered. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, look at this woman kneeling here. When I entered your home, you didn't offer to wash the dust from my feet, but she's washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't greet me with a kiss, but from the time I first came in, she's not stopped kissing my feet. You neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she's anointed my feet with rare, rare perfume. I tell you, her sins, and there are many, have been forgiven. She has shown me much love. But a person who is forgiven little only shows a little love. Then Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. The men at the table said among themselves, who is this man that he goes around forgiving sins? And Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Here's an immoral woman, most likely a prostitute. Because of her lifestyle, she's despised. She comes to Jesus, her self-worth is low. She's used and used and used by many men, and then she's thrown away like yesterday's trash. But then she comes to Jesus, and Jesus isn't like the other men. He looks past her outside appearance, and he sees her true value. Being a prostitute might have been what she did, but it wasn't who she was. She was a woman created in the image of God and she was hurting. And Jesus doesn't view her with lust. He views her with love. And that's the difference. I believe the reason so many people keep failing at this, the transgression of lust, is because we have been taught over and over again to battle this with a defensive mindset. You see an image... Hide your eyes, look the other way. And I understand that advice, I really do. But studies show, experience shows, that does not solve the problem. It just band-aids the problem. You see, with the defensive mindset, you will never get free. I'm encouraging you today to switch from defense to offense. And to battle this issue with an offensive mindset which is the renewing of your mind. To look at other people and view people of the opposite sex differently. Ally your view of them with the view that God has of them, with the heart of God. Love them, pray for them. And men, let's be the protector that God has created us to be. We must live on the offensive and not the defensive. God wants, God intends for you and I to be just like Jesus. But Satan wants you to be just like him. Well, Satan wants you to see women as pure objects or even men as pure objects of pleasure, 
God wants you to see them as brothers and sisters, fathers and mothers. We are called men to be the protective brother who will cry out in prayer and come to their rescue. Satan wants your eyes to be filled with burning lust because that destroys, destroys you. And that's his mission. What do we read in John chapter 10 and verse 10? The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what a predator does. A predator steals, kills, and destroys. God intends to fill your eyes with love. I'm going to ask Sam, uh, wherever you're at, if you want to come, come on, come on, I'll start playing. Former porn star turned Christian anti-porn activist, Shelley Lubin, writes this in her book. She says, the real truth is we porn actresses want to end the shame and trauma of our box office lives, but we can't do it alone. We need men to fight for our freedom and give us back our honor. We need God-fearing men to hold us in their arms while we sob tears over our deep wounds and begin to heal. We want you, this is what she says to us, we want you to throw out our movies and help piece together the shattered fragments of our lives. We need you to pray for us so that God will hear and repair our ruined lives. Don't believe the big top fantasy. Porn is nothing more than fake sex, bruises, and lies on video. Trust me. I know. You see what she's saying? She's saying, men, I need you to rise up and, and be who God created you to be. I need you to be a protector. I'm telling you guys, if we got this right, the porn industry would go out of business. Not from resisting temptation. It'll never go out of business resisting temptation. We'll always battle that but from the renewal of our minds. If your goal is to resist temptation, you'll battle this the rest of your life. I'm telling you, this is what set me free, but the renewal of your mind will set you free, and he who the sun sets free is free indeed. So many lives have been destroyed by the demon of lust. Children have been raped. Men and women have been sold, beaten, and abused. As men have failed to fulfill our role as protector, we have become the predator, always looking for the next victim to satisfy our pleasure, to satisfy that demon of lust. And I want to challenge you today with everything within me to let the power of God renew your mind and become the person that God has created you to be a protector. My mother, as just a little girl, was molested repeatedly for several years. Her innocence was stolen by a predator. I believe we have some people in here today that just like my mother, you've been the victim of a predator. Men and women both. You've been preyed upon. You've been treated like yesterday's garbage. For some of you, your childhood was stolen from you. For some of you, it's been your spouse. And like the woman that sat at the feet of Jesus, you're in here this morning and you feel dirty and you feel unworthy and you've carried this for years. If this is you, man or woman, I just want to say to you today, I want to stand in the gap today as one that God has called to be a protector. 
and tell you that I'm sorry. I'm sorry that others have neglected to see your true value. I'm sorry that you have been spit upon. I'm sorry that you've been treated poorly. And I'm sorry that you've been violated. For those of you that have had your childhood innocence stolen from you, I'm so sorry. I want you to know that you're not a mistake. You have been wonderfully created by God and He loves you. And God wants you to know that every tear that you have shed in your pain, He's seen it all. Psalm 56 and verse 8 says, You keep track of all of my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You've recorded each one in your book. Every tear you've shed has been recorded. So today I stand in the gap for everyone that has ever hurt you. And I ask for your forgiveness on their behalf. And I want you to know today that if you can find the strength to forgive them, that I believe today God's going to heal you and make you whole. He's going to heal what's been stolen from you. You see, unforgiveness will only hurt you. And today God wants to set you free. Today God wants to heal you. For some of you, that healing is going to come from a renewed mind. It's going to come from the freedom of lust as your mind is renewed as you walk out of here today. And you realize, I have not been created to be a predator. I'm not going to fall into that. I've been created to be a protector. I view these women and these men as husband, or as as brother, father, sister, mother. That's how I view them. For others, you need freedom from the pain of being a victim of lust. Whatever it might be, I don't know your story. I don't know your circumstance, but I promise you today, God does. And if you allow him, and you just allow this to let let him take it, he will heal you and he will restore you. Can I have you bow your heads and close your eyes? Father, today as we close, I know that this is a bit of a heavy message today. I know, God, that some people in here today are, they're hurting And perhaps for some, this has brought up some some bad memories. But God, I'm praying that through those memories today, that healing will come as they forgive and they let go. It doesn't mean they forget, but they forgive. And they let it go because that's that forgiveness that brings healing to us. And God, now I pray for those in here, Lord, that are, that are struggling with the demon, the transgression of lust. And I pray, Lord, that as we walk out of this place and the next time, God, that we're, we're viewing a screen with a woman or a man or whoever it might be that is, that is actually in bondage, that we will remember, this is not who I am. I'm not a predator. I haven't been created to do this. I've been created to protect And within that, God, the spirit of love will rise up inside of them and they will begin to pray that the person caught in the bondage would be set free, would be healed. God, I thank you for calling us to be protectors. 
Today we do surrender this to you. We surrender our minds to you. And I do believe, God, that we are going to be, re- we are going to be transformed and set free by the renewing of our minds. So God, we thank you today. We give you the praise for it in Jesus' name.